Hi, everybody, and welcome to John Hennigan's Old Time Radio Show. So glad you could join us. It's going to be really terrific. we got some really wacky, zany old records for you tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's, it's going to be a swell time. <laughs> So this is John Hennigan. You're listening to the Old Time Radio Show. It's August 13th, 2015. Uh, once again, we are in the record room of uh, Robert Crumb in an undisclosed location in the south of France. He's often not at home, so I'm not going to tell you where he is. Right. We don't want anything tragic to happen to his records. <laughs> um, but we're happy to be here. And today, tell, tell him what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to listen to Indian 78s. Yeah. Like that one we just listened to. In fact, we to. already are, right? Right. That was uh, Shanmuga Vadivu. And then in parentheses after her name, it says The Late. The Late meaning that when they put that out, she was already dead, you think? Yeah. Or? yeah. But I think this is a, a reissue of an earlier record. I think this is like a, you know, possibly as early as, as the 1910s. I don't know. Huh. It's hard to tell with these. They kept reissuing stuff over the years, you know, through the 20s, 30s. And that's a Tamil song. It's in the Tamil language, which I think is in the south of India. I'll take a photo of that. Tamil. 
on the mm-hmm. twin label. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah, she's good. I, that's the only record I ever got by her. I just recently got it. Actually, you got it. I got it from you from an undisclosed source. Right. <laughs> Quote, unquote. <laughs> yeah. Many men have been ruined by less information than that. That's right. Shamuga Vadivu, the late. And uh, did you say like what what uh, what time period we think that's from? Nineteen tens, I think. Maybe huh. I don't. Maybe in the twenties. It's hard to say. But it says the late, and you can tell from looking at the record that the earlier the fir- earlier pressing had one of those big rims around the outside that's been shaved off that's like uh, a sign of a really early record like 1910s so, so it's a later pressing of an yeah, earlier record they kept from this Indian collector magazine that comes out they explain how like they kept reissuing stuff on twin from earlier HMV twin belonged to HMV hmm. so who knows it's hard to say okay this next one is a much later record it's, it's film music it's called Cosmic Dance of Shiv by Paul Zills Productions. <laughs> this made probably from the 50s. But this is so strange. It's, it's like music from Mars. They could use this in, in Star Wars, that alien cafe music.
think they just like recorded like background music like that like generically or you think that was for a specific film i have no idea but yeah it's from a specific film it gives it like the film title because it seems strange that like they would think they could sell like a record like that just it's called generic the, background music for from a film the cosmic dance of shiv so yeah. just gotta go with that yeah we all need music to dance to when i was in delhi at that that record shop that I found there had a lot of records with blank labels like that. Huh. No information at all. Really? Huh. Yeah. But some of them were really good, so I bought a bunch of them. This is one of them. Since we don't know anything about nothing. <laughs> Oh, Jatanu Taria Hati, the Hoi de Veta, Kumiar and Alcoti and that Jat Kere Kurlav Kit and Halaputra. Dear Bahadur Shurme, which is not a vile. And Dear Bahadur Shurme, which is not a vile. Put in the Ashrik that is never to my Tell us about your uh, experience finding these these records. You said you were well, before I went to India in 2012, 13, I forget. I just had a few Indian records, you know, 20 or something. So I got invited to this comics festival in Delhi. And it's the second one they ever had in, in India. Comics as a like, personal form of expression is, is kind of a recent thing there. And they're onto my work, even though there's no official distribution of my stuff in India. These they get it; they found it about on the internet. And, huh. and is, is that meaning like they wouldn't like distribute like stuff like that in India? I don't know. It's just not distributed there. Right. So they invite us Alienitis Festival, and while they're there, they, they we're hanging out with these Indian young hipsters, the people that put on the festival. You know, they're like middle class young international people that, you know, they've been all in Europe and stuff, you know, so they're kind of sophisticated. And this one guy knew that I had collected old 78s, and he told me we were having lunch one day, and he said, there's this place in Delhi that sells old 78s. I stumbled across it once. It's in the old Mina market area, and I if, I think I can find it again if you want to go on Saturday. I said, yeah, yeah, let's go look. 
So they might not have the kind of records you're interested in music you're looking for. And I know you like jazz and blues and stuff. And I, I said to him, well, I'm also very interested in native Indian music. And his eyebrows went up and said, you're interested in native Indian music? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, there's great music that was recorded in India in the old days. And he said, really? Well, wow. So he on Saturday we went to this place, and you know, it's this, this labyrinth, vast labyrinth of tiny passageways and alleys with lined with little concessions, like you know, thousands of little concessions of guys selling like rusted car parts or bones or you know whatever, you know, anything <laughs> they could sell. So <clears throat> we wandered through there, and he, first he puts us in this like rickshaw. <laughs> You know, was peddled by some skinny little old man in rags. I didn't even want to get in. He said, come on, get in. We got to, you know. All right, okay. So, Aileen, I, I felt so guilty. This little skinny old man weighs about 90 pounds. is pedaling as hard as he can, you know. And we're just sitting in there. And, you know, I get to this place where there's like a bump or something like that. And it's very crowded with people and other rickshaws and stuff. And the... And it gets this bump, and the guy's just like struggling mightily, this little old man. He finally gets off the thing and, and gets behind. He's like pushes us over this bump. <laughs> we oh felt like gosh. like fat, rich pigs, you know, right? The king. That's right. Come, come, my man. Hurry up. We're in a hurry. Yes. We, we don't have all day. <laughs> I don't have time for you to catch your breath. <laughs> come, come. So finally we get to this place, he finally finds it. He had to wander all through this maze to find it. And this very nice older merchant guy. And he opens this big like rolling garage door you know, that rolls up. And inside is this, you know, little uh, carpeted place with table and chairs and shelves and shelves of records and LPs and tapes and ev CDs, everything. and. Thousands of 78s on shelves stacked horizontally in, in paper sleeves. And, and uh, the guy was very polite. Oh, what are you looking for? Yes, looking for the old 78s. Oh, yes, we have a lot, plenty of them, you know, all for sale. And sit down, he off, gives you a cup of tea. And, and, and the, he has this slave that brings the records from the shelves and sets them on the table in front of you. And a little player to test them on. So. I started testing, and there were so many good records. I was just amazed. You know, I'd give each one, you know, the the five or ten second test. You know, right. and I amassed a stack of about sixty records, and <clears throat> and Aileen and and these people that brought me there are waiting outside. You know, they're just standing around outside, smoking and talking. So after two hours, I thought, I, you know, they want to go. It's late afternoon already. We got to go. So I said, okay, I got a big stack here. I guess that's enough. Let's tally up and I'll pay. And, and the guy said, well, do you want to come back and look again? And I said, well, I'll try. He said, you've looked through 1% of what I have here. You know, that's where I got this one I just played, this with the blank label. That was phenomenal. Yeah, he had lots of these blank label. He brought, the guy brought down a box that was all full of blank label stuff. Can't tell whether they're test pressings. I think there's test pressings. The other side is, is blank. There's no recording on the on the back side. Oh. So yeah, they're test pressings. For probably from the 30s. I don't know. Yeah, 30s. Said so some of them were really good. So uh, tallied up. They weren't that cheap, you know. And, and this young guy that that had taken us there, he tried to bargain the guy down. The guy just wouldn't bargain at all. So they were, you know, between like five euros or five dollars and about twenty dollars prices, depending mostly on condition. He just went by condition. He just looked at the at the grooves. Up, oh, yeah, that one's twenty. Yeah, up, oh, this one's kind of beat up. That one's ten. You know, the beat, most beat up ones were like five. And he wouldn't negotiate at all, so I ended up paying about, you know, for I bought about sixty records. We got to remember that you know many of the people listening to this podcast have just spent fifteen hundred dollars on an E minus blind Lemon Jefferson record. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah prices you know, don't seem too out of control. Relatively speaking, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not flea market prices; it's a little bit higher than that. Yeah. You know? But this the guy, guy had, saw had me coming. I was obviously all this stuff. I was a Westerner, and you know, saw me coming. I, I mean, my impression was the, these seven dates that hadn't been looked at. Nobody had looked at them. It seemed to me. 
you know there was just all mixed together you know yeah so but it sounds also like he amassed a bunch of music so that when someone like you did show up who's interested in Indian music, he's the guy with the Indian music no matter what it is. You know? Yeah. Well, I kind of shortened the story because first, when we got to the, found this this shop with the records, there's this old guy there, and he had to call up this other guy that, that was his son. or Yeah, it was his son, that's right. And the son was in the, the place, the garage with a big rolling door and so then we had to go to this garage and so the an appointment was made by the old guy to, for his son to go there and and set the whole thing up said you've got a guy here who's wants to buy 78s you know so and i think that was unusual they, they, huh. no i'm sure it doesn't happen every day but yeah i mean he probably wouldn't have thousands and thousands of 78s if somebody would come around once in a while. Like I think they'd just been accumulating that the, this shop had been in the family for a couple, at least three generations and yeah. I think you just, stuff was just accumulating. And they have a few collectors, yeah, a few collectors in India. But I don't, I don't know if they'd pay those kind of prices in India, I don't know. Well, you probably know. got the... I got the... Right, you got the rickshaw The Western prices. tourist price, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You don't show up, you know, killing an old man in a rickshaw and expect to get flea market prices. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really want to get in that rickshaw, but the guys were with us. Said, yeah, yeah, come on, get in the rickshaw. The guys need the money anyway, the rickshaw peddlers. <laughs> They're competing for the, you know, customers. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. It's a very poor right. country. So the guy said, I said, I don't have that money with me now to pay for these records, so... The guy said, yeah, yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll bring them to the, your hotel room uh, next Tuesday or something like that, and, and I'll pack them up and everything. I said, okay, good. And he said, then I'll have DHL come when you, after you pay for them pick, and get them at the hotel and take them and ship them for you. Great. So a few days later, he shows up at the hotel with the records in this very flimsy cardboard box. And... <clears throat> I gave him the cash. He wanted cash. You know, it was a lot of rupees. It was like 40,000 rupees or something. <laughs> and then calls the, the DHL guy, calls him up, says, we're ready. So the DHL guy comes. He comes in the room. He's a little short guy, doesn't speak any English. And the, the record dealer guy is talking to him, telling him what's what. And he's kind of nodding and smiling. And then he takes the box and... I watch him, he goes out the door of the hotel with the box, and he's got this little moped scooter kind of thing <laughs> he's on. You know, and he puts this box of 78s on the floor of this little, you know, moped-type thing, and zip, goes zipping off. Then, oh my God, I, I, if I ever see those records again, I'll be amazed. <laughs> and I, I asked the record dealer, I said, you sure he's going to pack those well? I said, yeah, yeah, they'll pack them well. So two weeks later, back home, get this box. It was the same box that they were in, that the, the flimsy box that the guy had put them in. It was no attempt Incredible. to repack them at all. That's the thing about DHL. They're big on, like, we'll pack it for you in these yeah, places like Africa and India. Yeah. And I've gotten records from a guy I buy from in South Africa who will tell me, you know, it's going to take a, a, a week. I have no packing supplies. And huh. then he writes me back and says, you know, no problem, you know, DHL packed it, and yeah. like it'll come, like, just wrapped in, like, you know, like, about a foot of bubble wrap. Like, that's all it is, just bubble wrap. Wrapped know? around, yeah. And, you know, Which ironically, the record survived, but now it's, like, getting it out of the bubble wrap. Yeah, that's cracking problem. it. Yeah, like, that's, that's right. That's yeah. the... Yeah. <laughs> you know, the it, if people tape them up too much, it's hard to get them out without breaking That's them. what I hate, when people tape the records too much, yeah. to something. Yeah, or they've got this tightly taped thing all around it's really hard yeah that's the worst yeah. but <clears throat> a bunch of those records were broken when that that flimsy box arrived about how many were broken about 10 out 10 of, out of 60 yeah it was a miracle any of them any of them made it without breaking actually it was kind of a miracle there was this flimsy car box was all torn and falling apart when it arrived you know it was all shredded huh. but i have i've gotten some of those yellow dhl boxes since then from india with the stuff that we got on eBay, then they they're fine. Yeah, I think those guys pack them themselves, and those they, yeah, they must. Yeah, yeah. those wooden crates. 
Yeah, those wooden crates with their with the lid, little thin wooden lid nailed down on them. Yeah. yeah. They're all full of this crumbling styrofoam that, like you say, makes a big mess when you open it. It's really hard to get rid of. Bits of styrofoam. Years later, I'm listening to those records and I still There's still bits of styrofoam on them, yeah. I actually, after I opened that box from with all that styrofoam, I had to go around with like tape and like pick it all up off the couch and off the floor with with pieces of tape. Yeah. (laughs) It's tedious. But it's a miracle you can even get any records from India it's amazing it's incredible it's a miracle they survived in that country hot humid climate and stuff that 78s are even and it's amazing the music that's on there oh yeah and there's lots of stuff recorded there in the 20s 30s 40s a lot of of music recorded who was buying it who had the machines it's puzzling They they might have been like even owned by like public societies that would play them for groups of people, I think. Because even Suresh Shanvankar, who's the honorable secretary of the Indian Record Collector Society, in one of his early issues of his his newsletter, he describes himself taking 78s around and playing them for groups of people. Taking them around. Yeah, but do you think that uh, Indian people were that much poorer than rural American people, whether it's white, black, Cajun, or whatever, all these people who also bought machines and records. I have no idea. I mean... It seems to me that, like, you know... There was a caste in India that had nothing, but then there was castes above that of farmers, workers, and whatever, that maybe it could buy a record player, a cheap, non-electric, you know, wind-up portable and the, the, all the record sleeves are very informative on the old Indian records they show these you know people sitting on the ground listening to a little crank up portable and stuff you know there's pictures of that drawings you know there's even drawings showing how like, like those dramatic parties performed you know there's a lot of these records are called so and so dramatic party right. or dr- you know so and so end party and there's drawings on some of the sleeves showing them on stage, performing in costume, some Indian legend or something, and there's a and singing, and there's a guy over one side of the stage playing a harmonium drawing. So kind of tells you the context of how the those things are actually performed live, generally. Sure. So that, but I guess I just mean like you know I I, I think the Victrola was you know equivalent to like the modern version of the tv you know it's like you 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 think of like a tv as like you know it's expensive you know it's an expensive thing and you know if the world ended or society you know somehow there was no record of it a hundred years people were looking back at like jesus all you know where are all these tv like it doesn't matter how rich or how poor you are everybody has a tv and I think to some extent the Victrola was like some version of that. Of course, not everybody didn't have one. But, I mean, there were some poor people who, you know, had them. And whether it was like one person in the neighborhood had them and everybody listened to them or whatever. Because, I mean, all this all this rural music that was recorded for poor people, they certainly seemed to buy it. It's really hard to say about what's what there about the music. But I think it's like that last record we played. This obviously like some kind of rural music. But that's kind to of me, unusual. Like Most of it is not that rural. Right. And But it's hard to tell what the story is. Like some of those singers that I would think, to me, when I first started listening to stuff, sounded wild and rural. Right. Turns out later, like Sh- Shanvankar, I asked him about Neelam Bai, this one I put in the Hot Women CD. And he said, oh, she's a courtesan. She's singing for wealthy uh, patron, and she's singing a song... The song is praising his sexual prowess. Right, so, a lot of the records were doing that. Yeah, right. So he would have her this hire the singer to this Chandrankar told me to like sit behind a curtain and sing this song praising his sexual prowess while he's making love to some other courtesan, you know, <laughs> and and you know talk about what a great lover he is and his powers mm. of you know. <laughs> <coughs> But it sounded like cr- crazy Why, and wild that to me. I but mean, that's, that, that's what I have too back home. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So, you know, what you're dealing with is a society that was still medieval in a lot of ways in the 1920s and 30s, you know. Yeah. Class system and all that. And, and largely rural peasant population with, you know, pre-industrial ways of doing things. It's, you know, sort of still somewhat in place in India, that stuff. You know, see these guys in Delhi, I was shocked how, you know, these... Ragged laborers pushing these carts laden with sacks of I don't know grain or cement I don't know what you know just pushing them down the street. Well, to that I'd just like to say to my audience, to all you American anti-union supporters, that's what's coming for you, <laughs> and it won't be long. I like Donald Trump and see how fast it is. That's right, Donald Trump. It. Swine will be in his rickshaw being pulled by, you know, by your children. Yeah, exactly. Theater music, some kind, but the label's blank, so I don't know who it is at all. You know where it's from or what part of India? Can you tell? No, anything? it's probably only thing I could tell from the label is probably from the early '30s. Hmm. Otherwise, the other voice we just heard is my lovely wife Aileen. Yeah. Who is How do you know it's theater music? Though? Listening to likes Indian music a lot. Well, that orchestra is very arranged and all that, so it has to be some kind of theater performance. You know, mm-hmm. from that period. There was a lot of little theaters all over the place. When you were in South India, you actually went to some kind of little theater performance, you told me. I did. Me. It was so hot, and there were so many mosquitoes, and I think there were cobras underneath the thing, too. It was, like, so horrifying. Didn't you say it lasted for hours? You finally got up hours, and left? And all the, the 
male and females were all male. Young men did it. They had to study for years <laughs> to do that kind of thing. And uh. it was really uncomfortable, really hot, really loud of mosquitoes. And it went on for hours and hours and hours. And the people loved it. They didn't get bored at all. But like so uncomfortable after a while. You were going to have to die and submit Were you to the telling me you were sitting on the ground on newspapers <laughs> or something like that? That was another performance. This oh. was on a hard wooden bench with nails oh. sticking out of it. Right. Sort of on a, in a shack over the water where the mosquitoes were just like coming up to in an infiltrating entire building, <laughs> just eating you, feasting on you while yeah. you're trying to concentrate in this esoteric, strange, like theater thing where everything was symbolic and you, it was very hard to follow. It was so odd and exotic. It was like and it I went on for those, hours. Those kind of performing troops, I think, were a common form of entertainment there. You yeah. know, yeah, in India. It was deep, deep okay. immersion, total immersion. <laughs> yeah, that sounds you know intense. But I like that my some of my favorite stuff of that indie music those like women that just sound like they're shrieking wild like somehow in some kind of trance or something like having a fit is I like I <laughs> those are my favorite actually <laughs> very surprising I always wonder who bought those records right uh, we were talking about it earlier it's it's hard to say who bought any of these yeah but unless you're you know when you when you don't have like the knowledge of the culture it's I'm sure they would say the same thing about American rural country mm -hmm. music, you know, who bought this. You know, right. be hard yeah. in today, based on today's society, how would you figure that out? That's yeah. right, and how would you know who had enough money to buy Victrola, which was what it was about? Which is yeah. what we were discussing, too, yeah. you know. But then again, it's like in America, you know, all the poor people had, not all of them, but many poor people had Victrolas, you know, yep. which, which is how Cajun blues and rural country music got... One of those books about the blues, there's a whole chapter about who bought the records. I forget which one. I think like that, that one called Down Home Blues or something like that. Uh -huh. You know and the guy I in Mumbai, the guy from the Record Collecting Society, that guy that you know? Suresh Shanvankar. He might know some of those that kind of information. He's been studying this for years. Yeah. Right? He yeah. might know. We don't know how much he knows, but he might have some really good information, which would be, be fascinating to visit him if we ever go to India. Anyway, this book about the blues, uh, who bought the records, said mostly women bought them. Yeah. Women bought the records. Played them in their homes or, you know, for picnics and stuff. Well, if you Not think about men. it, poor men people have big screen TVs every every single That's place. exactly what I was saying. Yeah, the poorest people in, in, uh, you know, in America, it doesn't matter whether you're in the richest house or the poorest house, they all have a giant TV, you know? But they have credit cards and they can pay like 20 bucks a month and... Have the, you know what I mean? They can do pay it off. Like I, that. I, I wonder about that. Something like, do the poorest people have even credit cards, but they find a way to get those damn TVs? Like, you know. yeah. I mean, there are there are cheap TVs too. Yeah. It's like there were cheap wind up Victrolas. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, actually, the only time I've ever found like good blues records in a Victrola, and I know other people found them in big, uh, expensive Victrolas, but when I found them, they were in some cheap wind up portable. Huh. You have like the greatest like blues record. Yeah. You know? Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I found mm. an Isman Bracy record and huh. Memphis Jug Band records huh. and, and these very cheap wind-up Victrolas. Hmm. You know. huh. I don't know if there's any correlation. Maybe at home they had a huge, you know, well, Back when I was going door-to-door door looking for records around 1960 in Delaware, go to these black people's houses, some very poor, some didn't even have electricity, and they'd have this funky old Victrola with a cabinet, you know, with records in it, and there'd still be, like, rec blues records from the 20s inside these Victrolas. This huh. was, like, 1960. They're generally older people, you know. But, like, in those old Montgomery Ward catalogs and Sears catalogs we had, yeah. they had, like, fairly Dirt fancy cheap. ones. They were cheap, though, but also they had all kinds of layaway plans. They had all kinds of payment plans, like, right. they could That's pay true. things off. Installment catalogs, plans. Yeah. <laughs> So I bet you probably got like a bill every month, right? Exactly. I bet a lot sure of people that's did that. Got sold. But they might have gotten the, That's where too. the furniture store sold them too. I mean, we have all the songs in America, but based on the furniture, you know, Riley the Riley furniture the furniture man, man, he comes and yeah. repossesses that's your right. furniture. That's what I'm saying. They probably got, <laughs> got one and then it got repossessed, and then they got another one, <laughs> and they probably got it taken away and stuff like yeah. that. Probably. It's very very common. <laughs> okay. What's next? It's got an instrumental by. Kogendra Day and Nogendra Day. <laughs> okay. Are they know, twins? I don't know, are they brothers or what? <laughs> Instrumental. Ko and No. This is a record you should look for, John. This is a top-notch instrumental.
So that was amazing. That was um, when Chubby Parker went to India in 1932, <laughs> right? With his banjo and harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a couple of names. Some name Haridas Ganguly or something like that. Chubby Ganguly. <laughs> <laughs> and Anil Roy Chowdia or Chowdhury, Chowdhury. So that was harmonica and some kind of okay. stringed instrument that sounded like a banjo almost. Yeah, and, and some drums. And then, yeah, really great. Oh, yeah, it's nice. Very unique. The only record like that. I have a couple other harmonica yeah. records, but they're not like that. Photo of that one. <coughs> the Hindustani label. Yeah, that's not from the south at all, I can tell. This Not from the south? Radio. Yeah. No. I, I couldn't tell, uh, you could tell anything about the, the music. I'm trying to be able to tell. Yeah? Huh. Yeah. Huh. I can't tell. Well, it's, there's a diff there are different languages everywhere, but I kind of can recognize a little bit the language from the South. It's Malayalam. It's different, a di very different sounding language, and the huh. music is different, too. It sounds more tropical. Huh. <coughs> okay, next we're going to listen to the Luknao Zadanas. Okay. And Luknao is up near the Tibetan border. Hmm. It's way up in that area. That's a very poor area yeah. still. And the people look poor. very oriental. Very, you know, they, yeah. they look like they're part Chinese or something. Yeah. yeah. Very different. <laughs> That was great. So that was clearly some like uh, acting out different girls having a cat fight over the great lover or something. Right? The Luknao Zananas. So I got this at the Shah Music Center in Delhi, that place I was telling you about. Yeah. And I asked the guy there, I said, what does Zananas mean? He said, oh, that's eunuchs. 
they're eunuchs. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. They're these groups of she-males that would go around and, and sing for money in the street, and they, they would harass no men. They would pick on, like, they'd surround a man and, like, force him to give them money. With that cat really? sound, with that... Oh, yeah. God. That's it's all horrifying. It changes the whole vibe. So do they yeah, have, like, five man. voices? Mm-hmm. That. that is kind of your worst nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's my best This still exists, apparently. Really? Maybe, maybe you guys will get to yeah. experience it if we go to India oh next year. Yeah, we'll try imagine? and <laughs> send you down a dark alley where a couple of those things are hanging out. They still yeah. cast yeah. That's where all the 70s yeah. are. Go, go, go ahead, over there. You know, like that, then that movie... Uh, you can good film. Says, yeah, go over there. Dresses oh over there. God, over there. Yeah. <laughs> Sending her to be that killed moment, back there. It's one of the most like scary part of that movie. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just right, <laughs> good fellows. Oh. Yeah, 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 right over there. Over yeah, right, there. right, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, nice stuff over there. Leather coat over there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And apparently, they still castrate men there in India, and you can still buy children and stuff. It still goes on there. Ay. <sighs> Place cheap. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, everything goes on simultaneously there. It's like hyper modern. You have like campuses that look like the Apple campus and, you know, with shopping malls. And then you go off there and 10 minutes later you're in the Bible. You know, it's right. like this ox carts and naked people and, you know, babies working with their grandmas on the side of the road, breaking up cement that they can reuse it to repave the roads, you know. Wow. It's just so crazy shit. It's crazy stuff going on simultaneously. You can never compute it all. Are you in a trance yet? That was great. I'm high. 
I could walk. I could walk around in the rain today if I had that plane around. Okay. You know, get very in touch with the earth. No kidding. So that was uh, yeah, it was Swami D R Parvatikar. Swami, huh? He's a Swami. Yeah. I heard, uh, he played way down on the Swami River. Right. right. Swami, how I love you! How I, I love got you! <laughs> I got a million of them. <laughs> this is a uh, a group, the Museas College Choir. Southern India, isn't that like uh, Sri Lanka? Mm-hmm. Part of the people in Sri Lanka are Tamils, and the other is Sinhalese. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I think oh. it might be from Sri Lanka or very Southern India. The Museos College Choir. Huh. Yeah. Oh, 
That was K.L. Chakravati and Party. That's This is a, a, another it's odd configuration of HMV. Street, it does have the angel on there, but yeah. then... It's an odd place. Yeah. I think that's, that's quite old, I think. 1910s. And stamped into the runoff area, it says Made in Calcutta. Okay, our last record of the program will be by R.S.K. Sastrigal. And it's a, a instrumental of some kind of string instrument. I think it's a something called a sarod. A sarod? I think that's what this yeah. instrument's called. And I'd like to thank all our special guests for being here on the show today. Is I on the show? Yeah, you, you're on there, yeah. And Aileen, talking, over for, uh, talking over people, talking over the stories, guys. talking over the music and the important discussion. That's not really. <laughs> yeah, you're talking over the important discussion. Yeah, it's very important job. here. Look at that swimming pool. I had it all to myself over there. <laughs> These photos uh, in this book are.
as for the audience, so long for a while. We love That's you. That's all the songs for a while. We love you. We love your audience. Thanks for tuning in to John's Old Time Radio Show. Ooh, that was nice. Please join us next time, where John will chastise you, call you stupid, and say fuck off. Thank you and good night. Well, That's I'm, great. I'm great. I'm going to use that in every show. Every show is going to end That's with that from now on. That's a career she could have had.